So for our lesson text today, we turn back to the Old Testament into the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3. And I trust everyone is eager to continue, having read chapter 2 at home, as I suggested. If not, don't worry, the Bible's always there. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. And at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And the boy said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call, lie down again. So the boy went and lay down, and the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to the end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever, for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until the morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell that vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that the Lord told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then Eli said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord, and the word of Samuel came to all of Israel. Let us pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts may be an honor and a glory to you. Amen. So the call of Samuel is a very favorite story. And I've already preached the sermon about just cutting off where the little boy is lying in his bed and God comes and says, Hey, kid. And the boy, not knowing anything, runs to his father figure and gets sent back to bed. Go. And again, go. And again, go. But there are three major lessons that the call of Samuel teaches, especially combining it with the rest of the chapters we've looked at so far. The first and main lesson that the book of Samuel has been harping on so far is that God speaks to all of us. God creates by his speaking. In fact, Jesus is the word of God. And everyone in the book of Samuel so far has actually heard God's voice. Hannah, when she's praying, hears God's voice. Eli, in that second chapter, has a prophet come to him that tells him he's going to get in trouble if he doesn't do anything. And Samuel here definitely hears the voice of God speaking into his bedchamber. We today have a viewpoint that it's fine to talk to God, it's fine to pray, but if he starts talking back, he might be crazy. You'll find not very much of that in Scripture. The Lord speaks to each and every one of us. But the second lesson that this story teaches us today is that God speaking to us is not very easy. Oh, it's very easy to tell the children's story of Samuel, the little boy. He gets the dream experience. How many of us would not want God to just come down and say, Hey, Paul, hey, Paul, who wouldn't want that? There are so many people out there today that they, they would chop their arm off if they could have that level of certainty. But it's not an easy path when God actually talks to him. Hannah, the boy's mother, when God finally gave her the promise of a child, it was in response to her dedicating the child to God. Eli, when he finally hears a word from the Lord... It's a word of condemnation for all that stuff he won't fix in his life. I can tell you that that one tends to be the most common one we hear. And Samuel, he's a little tiny boy. He's innocent. But when the Lord speaks to him, he's given the task that he has to give bad news. This is where Jesus the Word comes in and gets uneasy. It's where Jesus the Word has to transect with his cross. Because the word himself has to suffer when we finally get to the New Testament. The word will have to bear the cross and it will have to bear conflict. So when God speaks to us, we learn our responsibility. The third lesson of today's text. And it looks at Eli. Now Eli was an interesting man. He was a High priest and his sons, the Bible calls them scoundrels. They did all sorts of bad things. Again, read chapter 2, it's interesting. And spiritually, he's kind of a mixed bag. In last week's reading, when Hannah is praying for a child, the very Spirit of God comes and rests upon Hannah, telling her, yes, you will have the child. 
And this pastor sits there seeing someone in spiritual rapture and runs up to her and says, Lady, you're not supposed to be drunk at church. If that's not jaded, I don't know what is. Eli is a man that when prophets come and rebuke him, just shrugs it off. But Eli is also a man that when this boy needed him and it came to the crux of Samuel's calling, Samuel's purpose in life, Eli does something very out of character. The boy comes and it is Eli who recognizes what's going on. It's the one who can't see the spirit that gives the message to Eli. He instructs the child. The boy, that's the voice of the Lord. Go and lie down, and for heaven's sake, be an obedient servant. Eli gives the boy permission to be something Eli could never be. And that's where we can get a Mother's Day, or even a Father's Day message on this one. Because Eli holds the boy to his standard. It's completely out of character. Because what does he say when the boy finally gives him the message? Eh, it's the Lord, let him do what he wants. And I think that gives us a fourth lesson that doesn't necessarily pull from the text. But I think we are all called to recognize the signs, to recognize the voice of God, or to at least teach our children to. Because even if we cannot care less, we must be honest with them. See, the thing about hypocrites is, is it's not that they say one thing and do another. The thing about hypocrites is that they change things to fit themselves. The best lesson of Eli is he never changes things to fit himself. He even binds the boy. You don't tell me exactly what it is. The reason he does that is because Samuel is a child of hope. Eli's got to pass a torch that he could not carry. And at the very least, Eli can give his child a don't do what I've done, as John Wayne may put it. When I was looking into this and asking how can we apply this whole thing to 21st century living? How can we speak of the word of God when if we hear it today, we consider ourselves crazy? Well, my friends, I firmly believe that God still speaks today. But for those of you that are still on the fence about such things, at the very least, we must acknowledge this truth. We can't soften things. We cannot put nerfs on all of the corners. Because notice, it is the all-loving and infinite God when he comes to his six-year-old who tells Samuel exactly how it is. Now, that does not give us license to pour all of our adult problems on top of them. Still leaves plenty of room to be a child. But for our failure and sadness, which need not pass on, to finally be halted, we, like Eli, have to admit it. Samuel is given Eli's strength because Eli is able to look that message right in the face and say, so be it. Samuel is a new generation. Eli didn't fail him on that one time where it counted. Eli, in fact, helped him that one time when it counted. And Samuel will get all that strength that Eli lacked. All those hours sit, sitting in front of that temple, 
wondering why that drunk lady's going on. All the spiritual blindness that Eli had worked through his whole life. That would be a background strength for the boy. As we continue to look at the book of 1 Samuel, we will next week look into chapter 4, the story of the ark and its capture, and the tragic tale of Ichabod. For Eli has just been told by Samuel that the prophecies against his household shall come to pass. And it will look like Ichabod, which means no glory, will be an end of an age. But through that tragedy and some hilarious things by the Philistines, God will continue his new work as he builds a nation. Because the thing to remember about the book of 1 Samuel is it is a reformation of a kingdom. Camelot was not built in a day. Let us pray.